Because when you hear it, it means live from the Cuban Domino back room next to the Wolfgang Puck Pavilion of the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Area 51. Welcome to another edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. I am the Dome. Joining us tonight from the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester is the Dead Redhead. Good afternoon. Good evening, everybody. Just because the uh, Illustrator X is down at the strip club. Oh, we'll have more to talk about that later now, won't we? <laughs> and from the Austin Brighton Hellmouth in Boston, welcome, Kriana. Hiya. How you doing? Pretty good. And a big welcome back. <laughs> Joining us for the full hour tonight, gifted writer and friend of the show and all around just nice person, Jess Hartley. Hiya, Jess. Hi, Dome. Thanks for having me back. Are you kidding? We, we couldn't think about going a month without talking to you. Uh, well it's been an interesting week one week past Boston Comic Con Uh, most of us have kind of uh, licked our wounds and salted our uh, our scars and seem to be none the worse for wear salted our scars really it's an old Spartan Spartan thing give me a break would you Yeah, that sounds Spartan. Yeah, well, thanks. Sounds painful. Well, yeah. Hence the point, Spartan. (laughs) (laughs) So tonight we're missing both Java and uh, Drew and... uh, and, uh, Illustrator X. And Illustrator X. Illustrator X, yes. By the way... There's elbow room in here this time. Yeah, it's... It's much more comfortable here in Area 51 tonight. Here in our virtual studio. In our virtual whatever. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. There's a lot that's been going on this week in uh, TV, movies, books. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, who? Well, that too, yeah. Want to start with some TV? What do you say? Sounds Go good. for it. Okay. Why the hell isn't anyone watching Flash Forward? Seriously. Seriously, this show just keeps getting better and better. It has just become an amazing, amazing adventure. And the numbers just suck on it. Well, I keep thinking about watching it, and then I'm watching back episodes of Caprica instead. It has dropped from a 7.7 rating with a 13 share to a 3.5. Oh. Which means it's dropped over 54% from its launch. Here's the cool thing, though. It's going to get renewed. It's tanking, and it's going to get renewed for two reasons. Uh, Number one, it's an ABC Studios production. So the revenue required to broadcast the series is lower than buying the series produced by an outside studio. Mm -hmm. Wow. Number one. And number two, the series is doing really well internationally, even though it's just kind of 
tanking out in Is America. it big in Japan? Um, I'm not seeing the international numbers. I'm just showing that internationally, it, the ratings are significantly better everywhere. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was really doing really well in Japan. Well, I hope that it, it does its thing, and maybe that we'll see it at a better day and time, and that it might help it. I'm sorry, it Glee is some be. stiff competition right there. Seriously. Mm. Gleeks are... Yeah. Gleeks. <laughs> Gleeks are the, the new brown coats. Yeah, totally. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, brown coats. There's a, there's a whole other kind of being. Let me tell you, those guys are hardcore. Mm-hmm. I have to say Hard. that I, I do download the soundtracks from iTunes every week. Yeah. From Glee. They're I know. So they're really good. I can't help it. They're really, I, I <laughs> got to tell you, really I, I, sat and I, I sat and I watched uh, Sue do uh, Vogue the oh, other night. Yeah, oh, that was uncomfortable. <laughs> It was just uncomfortably, but classic, absolutely classic. She could kind of pull off Madonna with the chicken arms. and. I guess so. <laughs> we don't want to have Madonna on anytime soon. Certainly <laughs> not. Although, excuse me, who was playing um, Name That Tune with Dome in uh, the Middle East last week? Oh, Lord. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you and, and I doing, had a vibe going. And doing quite well at it. Doing quite well at it, Redhead. You're very good. Any group that can put out music that is in, you know, not only decent covers of, you know, of of popular stuff, but in some cases is, in my opinion, is better than the original. I mean, the the Glee version of Rehab. Oh, good Lord, yes. (laughs) Blows away any Amy Winehouse episode that I've seen. Pretty much. Um, I actually also quite enjoyed. Um, Gold Digger, the thong song, <laughs> and um, what was that other one? Oh, oh, the guy was rapping and it was just. Oh, like the thong song. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I can't think of the name. I, I, oh, it's old. It's like '90s rap. Okay, it's hold old. on, though, guys. We have to it's get old. back to the sci-fi now. No, we don't. Okay, <laughs> we so our ex would. Illustrator X would take the whip to me if I oh, let us go on too far. It, You're talking it, about it, Bust it, a Move. That's exactly it. it. Thank you, Jess. You're welcome. <laughs> it's time for a small little update, Dead Redhead. Oh, oh it sucked again. Um, oh, okay. I'm so surprised. <laughs> I mean, what was I hearing about this RPG? Yeah, um, Margaret Weiss Productions, who are the same folks that put out. Uh, the Serenity RPG, the Supernatural RPG, the Leverage RPGs just uh, coming out, uh, the Battlestar Galactica, uh, Battlestar Galactica uh, RPG. So they they're really creating quite a niche for themselves in creating licensed product RPGs that are really good and fun to play. Um, and they are doing. Uh, they just got uh, signed on with uh, DC Comics to get the license for the Smallville RPG. Why do I see this as something more of a mix of 90210 and the Hills, though? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm in talking with some folks who've, who've done some play testing with it. Apparently, they're um, they're customizing the course, uh, the Cortex system, which is their their in-house. Uh, 
the game mechanic focus on relationships rather than like skills and attributes and that sort of things. So may really be I haven't actually play tested it myself yet, but it may actually um, you know really be focusing on how the how the characters interact with each other and how that giving you you know power or weakness in certain situations, which I think is very appropriate. I haven't watched the Smallville show yet, but it, it's very appropriate for how those characters, at least in in you know the canon comics and that sort of thing, interact with each other. You know, with being each other's both strength and weakness. Now, Jess, no, I, I wanna I wanna take us completely off topic here for a second. Did you say okay. play testers? Play testers? Is, is that an actual job? And where do I sign up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not a. It's not a. Uh, you know, like a pe- poor, poor pay job. But oh, most uh, role playing companies but, utilize play. So that um, you know, so that they can double check mechanics because you can. No matter what a great designer you are, no system is you know you you know you find new um holes and mistakes and uh that sort of thing when it's actually being played so you know no game system should be out on the shelf without having ran through extensive play testing nice yeah. Sam wanted to do that with uh the uh dark shadow series i thought there would be a great rpg system in the dark shadow series Ooh. the old one the old mm-hmm. one uh, late 60s. I like the 90s right. version, but that's just me. I know. <laughs> well, um, you're a youngin. You're a youngin. That one was okay. old. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, look. You know what the best thing on TV was this week for sci-fi? Did you get punched? Fringe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It was Fringe. It was Fringe. Fringe was, it just keeps getting better Walter and better Bishop meets Robocop. Yes. Honest to God, Peter Weller as Freak of the Week on Fringe. I, I think we need a Freak of the Week theme song. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll have one for when we do the edit. Nice. <laughs> Freak of the Week theme song. How about the Adams Family? Nice. I'm telling you, Weller was the most amazing freak of the week. Yes. And it was probably one of the most chilling fringes that they've ever shown. It was wonderful. The show just really, it just keeps getting better. And especially since we had that um, episode a couple back where we had the big, without going into anything, the big exposition with about Walter and his son, it's just been better and better and better. Since yeah, since that cusp of the show, since that point in the show, and you knew it they've was been going able there. to take twists. Oh the yeah. Time, but when they went there, it was still like. Oh. Yeah, thank you. It was it was, a, it was a huge fan. Thank you at that point because most pe- most of them would have probably copped early at it, and they didn't. They just played it so well. They did. Absolutely. And it was, it was, the worst thing was the Groundhog Day deja vu bit where at one point they turned to each other and go, you know, we've probably already caught this guy three or four times. Yes. And it was just know, a chilling little moment. 
They did a really nice job of the editing, though. Unlike other shows that have used that little contrivance, you didn't feel like, oh, geez, here we go again. Because they would take it from a different person's perspective each time they would do it. Right. Oh, interesting. Love. Yeah, and Peter Weller doing his Tetsuo the Iron Man interpretation was just creepy. Unbelievable. <laughs> And the, ti- the title of the episode, White Tulip, was uh, one of those things that played once or twice during the show and then played out at the end. Mm-hmm. Just beautifully. Just absolutely beautifully. Kudos, was, Fringe. I was yes. very much impressed by it. Very much impressed by it. Major kudos to Fringe, even if we're not using Leonard Nimoy. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, kudos to Fringe for using Leonard Nimoy in moderation. This is true. That's true. You're absolutely right. And not going down the road of having our, our two attractive lead characters already dating and in bed with each other, too. I know. I know. It's just so lame. It gets so lame so early. <sighs> really? Because I've been looking for Olivia Astrid fanfic. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Astrid's cute. She is. They're both cute. You know that I'm totally Googling Olivia Astrid fanfic now, right? (laughs) And what are you finding? (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Definitely Astrid Olivia Femme slash exists. It's out there if you want to find it. There you go, Kriana. Woo! <laughs> that, that's something for after the show, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my, damn my curiosity. <laughs> you know, they say that curiosity will... Oh, never mind. In any case. Uh, How about movie-wise? Oh, okay. You need to go there? We can Do go we there. To? You want to go good or bad first? Did, was there good? There, oh, yeah, there was some great news in movies today. Okay, go for the good then. The good news is Joss Whedon is going to make a film with no vampires, no spaceships, no space cowboys. Joss has just signed on to do the Avengers movie. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. I mean, it sounded like it was out of character for him, and then it was like, oh, but it's the Avengers. Yeah, I know, but it's so cool. He's also being asked to rewrite Thor, too which they are saying is in desperate need of a rewrite at this point. Yeah, that's totally what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Who is they? The cool thing about Avengers is, and you'll love this one, Kriana, the name that's coming up for one of the lead roles is Nathan Fillion (gasps) as Hawkeye (laughs) or Hank Pym. Oh, that would be awesome. I know. It's just come to my attention that Java is in the room somewhere. I see that, yeah. to bring him into the conversation. Um, it's all up to him now. Java? Hello! Hello! Hello. You made it. Java is, is very enthusiastic. I am enthusiastic. There, and there are lots of reasons to be enthusiastic. And, sweetie, I will pen a note to you next time. Thanks. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> I didn't say to wear. 
<laughs> oh, 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 all right. So what are we talking about? Joss Whedon doing the new Avengers movie. I know, right? I, I had to change my underpants. <laughs> Way to enter the conversation, Java. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, can anyone think of any better person to do the Avengers? No, I mean, but I can't thank- think of any. Uh, Joss is the best person to do almost anything. I mean, thank God it's not Michael Bay, right? Oh, jeez. Uh, okay, well, here's the though. downside. And it's not much of a downside, but it is a downside. Um, They're saying that Marvel may not give him the freedom to do it the way he wants to do it. So there may be that constant chafing that he's had with Fox at every turn. Fun. Although I don't think he gives a rat's ass. I think he really wants to do it. Let's hope we'll at least get some good dialogue out of it. Yeah, he is good at dialogue. Yes, he goodness. is. Man, he's one of the few writers who is very, very good at dialogue. Yeah, oh, no I kidding. completely agree. No kidding. I and you know how you guys were talking about the um, the overstatedness and you know the the um, restraint that Fringe is showing. I think that um, Josh can do or Josh can do that with uh, dialogue. Is, oh. but can do that with his dialogue and his characters really well. Now, wait Absolutely. A wait a minute. Speaking of Joss, isn't Joss slated to direct an episode of Glee? Yes, uh, two weeks. I heard that. With Neil Patrick Harris? I totally squeed. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't, isn't Neil Patrick Harris going to be on that episode? That is yes, correct. Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Are you squeeing again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's exciting. Yes. It is. It, it's actually very exciting. It's, it's, it's kind of amazing that, you know, and I don't want to gleek out here, but I suppose I will for just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that the people who have just said, you know, uh, take my songbook, take, take my work, take my talent. Uh, I'd love for you to use it in, in what is essentially a huge geek show. Yes. I think well. I think I think that something about the role that geeks are beginning to play in in modern culture, because mm-hmm. 15 years ago, you know, playing, was a bad playing, word. playing games and watching nerds. comic books. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And now I think that not only is corporate America discovering that you know geeks have pockets and uh, checkbooks. Um, but the fact that we're we're kind of coming out of the comic book closet, and I think that's awesome. Man, another closet I have to come out of? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but I was done with that. Evidently not. Evidently not. Uh, I, I'm imagine? sorry. I, I can't say much about this because I haven't even seen it. <laughs> Can you imagine if they have Neil Patrick Harris do like a Lady Gaga song or something? Yes. That would be awesome. <laughs> All right, enough, enough. I don't think it's enough. I think we, I think we should devote a whole show to Glee just because they're our homeboys. Meanwhile, <laughs> Joss is just finishing up Cabin in the Woods right now, which is a horror film starring Chris Helmsworth 
who played uh, George Kirk in the Star Trek movie. Okay, now really, the film is called Cabin in the Woods. Yes, it it's is. It's a horror film. Yes, no it is. Way. <laughs> I know it comes as a shock. I know. And I bet someone will die. <laughs> Not in I bet you it's years. a teenage girl. I'm just guessing it. Just I bet guessing. they'll die horribly. <laughs> Generally I'm, I'm after just... fornicating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking online and Whedon apparently is calling Cabin in the Woods the horror movie to end all horror movies, literally, which just makes me really curious. Yeah, he's, they've, they've, everybody who's looked at the script or seen portions of the script has said pretty much, uh, never seen one like this before. Well, I will be there at the gates to see it. And you know, with the new Freddy Krueger movie and rebooting. It looks really creepy. Jeez, give me a break. Can we not redo every damn thing in the world? No, I, I actually like the, the way they, the um, take they took on it this time, which is, I don't, I don't know if you read this, but that insomniacs have micro naps starting at a certain point in time. And so he can he can get into your head even while you think you're still awake because you're taking micro naps. What? <laughs> it, no, so we created real... something just so no, Freddie can created. get in your head. It's not created. It's total fact. Uh... No, it's really cool. If you if you haven't seen the trailer, there's a, there's this one trailer of a girl, and and she's in a drugstore like a CVS, and. Um, all of a sudden, you start to see him flickering in and out, and, and uh, you, as she's taking these micro naps that she's not needing. Yes, I have seen that one. It's very well done, and it is. And as damage is happening in in the dream world, it's also happening in in the real world, and you can sort of see some parallels. And the imagery is very well done. I think. But again. Do we have to remake something? Can we do it as something new? Well, I'm, well, I'm saying what that the... they took it to another level, so they sort of did make something new out of it. It's not like a direct remake. Yeah, it's close enough in, in a lot of ways. What the hell was that stupid movie about the uh, the, the monster in New York City? Cloverfield? Cloverfield. Cloverfield. You know, if you're going to make a movie, don't make that one. <laughs> yeah, that movie was dumb. It was just stupid. Okay, so we we have three kinds of movies that are happening now. We have original stupid movies, and there's way too many of them out there. We have remakes of movies which are as dumb or dumber than the originals. I don't really think we needed to see a remake of Land of the Lost, starring oh, Will Ferrell. That was awesome. Good thing oh. Illustrator X well, is. Land I mean, of the Lost with Will Ferrell? Are you kidding me? Shoot me in the head. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you, Dom. But, you Thank know, you. Land of the Lost remake, I'm on board. <laughs> anything, anything that you just shove Will Ferrell in because he's the funny guy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's uh, awesome. Uh, Will Ferrell is hysterical. Uh, Will, Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell can, can really act. I mean, he was great in Stranger Than Fiction. but um, Yeah, he was. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm not a, a feral ite. Oh, but I mean, but every him. once in a while, every once in a while, you get that movie. That, that, oh, let's move out of the genre just for just a minute. The, lo- the Lovely Bones. Oh. 
Really? A just frighteningly, chillingly beautiful movie. Why? Really? Snore and a half. I haven't uh, seen it. I loved the book. The book was the book was wonderful. But but the movie, the the father. I I only I never saw the movie, but I I just saw the the trailers. But the father, which who was um, what's his name? He always plays Irish cops. Yeah 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 yeah. Oh, Aiden Quinn. Was it Aiden Quinn? No no no. Um, It was. He looks. He's always in the movies with Matt Damon. I don't remember. (laughs) Anyway, I, I couldn't see him as the father in that. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I what? And no, you're there. I just I just got the uh, answer from across the apartment. Hold on. No, no, no. It's not Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> Although he does a lot of movies with Matt Damon. True. true. That's true. Not so much with the Irish cop. Hey, um, did you guys hear that Warehouse 13 is coming back for a second season? About <gasps> damn not time. Bad. I'm excited about that. Is That's excellent. really good news. I know. But sci-fi is moving their night of original programming from Friday night to Tuesday night. Lame. Please. So that so that they can now you ready for this one? Have wrestling. Wrestling on Tuesday, what? Friday nights. Like again, like I I, I don't understand. Like yeah, when I hear sci-fi, I think wrestling. It's freaking ridiculous. How does that work? I have no idea. I mean, is is this going to be like Thunderdome or something? (laughs) Do not make fun of me, child. (laughs) I I imagine Cthulhu versus Godzilla, you know? I'd watch that. I'd pay for that. But for for Hulk Hogan and Jake the Snake, no thanks. Wouldn't pay for that. There's nothing science, there's nothing genre about that. No, no. I don't understand that concept whatsoever. But you know, isn't isn't this? I all... think if you did a Venn diagram, though, that the, the audiences um, overlap quite a bit. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a. <laughs> no, I mean seriously. I think I think that a lot of the people that I oh, know that are. Oh, Jess, I love you. What? <laughs> what do you? I no, think, I mean, you're probably that... right, but I would have never thought of it that way. <laughs> I think that the the Venn diagram would be more accurate if it included. People who watch wrestling and people who watch NASCAR, though. So why don't they go put that crap on the NASCAR camp? I was more thinking of a Venn diagram, including the whole, you know, giant piranha movies and all. Oh, okay, okay, all right. <laughs> Mansquito, it's right up there. Mansquito. Drink. Shark to Shark to puss. Mansquito versus Mansquito versus shark to puss. Yes. Yeah, there's a movie worth watching. Okay, from the good to the bad. Kick-ass opened. Everybody was waiting for this. I wasn't waiting for it. Wasn't. I still want to see it. Not wait. Yeah. Breath on that book too. It's uh, not that good. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Wow! Understatement of the year. Thank you. Okay. Here's why. Here's why. And it's actually very simple. For those of you out there who saw the movie Clockwork Orange, the movie as as it exists today could not have been made in 2010. That's right. That's true. Because of what the main character played by Malcolm McDowell refers to as ultraviolence. And it is deliberate, sadistic, violence for no reason other than 
violence. Dome, did it get an X when it came out originally? It did not. It didn't? Wow. And that kind of scared me. Wow. Here's a review that I want to read to you from uh, uh, scifimoviepage.com. And who's the writer? Who's the writer? Who's the writer? He doesn't give you... All right. They don't, they don't even give you writers. Come on, guys. Own up to it. If you wrote it, own up to it, for Christ's sake. Our problem isn't with the violence per se. We're about as desensitized as the guy next in the next seat, unless he happens to be Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter, of course. Our problem is that the violence seems to be out of place. The net effect is like watching a superhero movie interspliced with the mo- most violent bits of Watchmen. It never settles on a consistent tone. The movie's called Kick Ass. Mm-hmm. I'm, Realist- I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. But the movie's called Kick Ass. What do you expect to see? I mean, this is not My Little Pony, the movie, okay? No, let me, let me continue. The, with if you look at the, the art and, the, and the, the costuming and that sort of thing, it does have a very kind of almost spy kids kind of feel to it. Well, so they I are think- kids. But I think that that's, that's trying to reflect the comic, right? The comic book genre. Yes. That's what they were yes. trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that from what I've seen in the trailers, it does that beautifully. But, I mean, to, to imagine that, that a movie called Kick-Ass is going to be, you know, safe for kids just because it looks like a comic book movie is ridiculous. That's like saying Watchmen is okay for kids because it's a comic book movie. I'm, I'm not saying that it that it's uh, that it is okay for kids because of that, but I think that um, I think that the perception from those who are not familiar with the the material is is understandable considering the costuming and the you know 11 year old um, lead and that sort of thing. I think awesome. it's easily easily mistakable that way. Yeah, I, can, I guess I can understand that. But here's the problem, though: if you look at as, as you really should have if you took your kid to see Watchmen, which you shouldn't have done. No. Right. If you look at the original comics by Mark Millar, uh, I didn't like them much either. Because they were incredibly violent for no apparent reason. Well, and this is an honest... Is, if you didn't uh, like the comics, why the hell did you go see the movie? You know, that's the, that's the thing, though. I think that a lot of these comic book movies are are being made because they know that comic book movies sell, you know, tickets and not necessarily because, because the audience understands it. I don't think that Mm -hmm. the general audience for these movies is comic book people because comic book people have been dying out for years. You know, the, 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 I mean, we're starting to see a resurgence, but I mean, the, the group of people who knows comic book, um, you know, the comic book spectrum is very small and the I, audience I, for these movies is very large. I don't necessarily agree with that, Java, but I will say that the audience was getting older, and that's pri- that's primarily an issue to do with the publication houses themselves. Jim Lee was even talking about that um, when we asked him about the Minx line, which was for young girls that had been cut. And he said, well, it just didn't bring in the money that we were hoping that it was going to bring in. Um, oh, but we lost Java. Um, but but um, I, I think we do have an audience of 
Oh, here he comes. We do have an audience of older adults who have been reading comics for all these years, but the issue is that we don't have the stuff that we can give to the little ones, and there needs to be a distinction. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there comes a point where we really have to look at the original text and go, you know, if this is the way the movie's going to be, then, you know, we have to be very careful about how it's marketed. Kick-Ass, yeah. I don't think it correctly. Um, I think it was marketed with a very little, uh, I mean, I hate to use Java's term with it, with a very My Little Pony attitude to it. Sure. And, and because of that marketing... Uh, Although when I see a 12-year-old with a flamethrower the size of a, grenade, of a grenade launcher, I would tend to not take uh, uh, somebody under the age of 15 to that. <laughs> anyway, enough about crappy movies. Well, you, know, you, know, you know what, though? I think that Kick-Ass is going to... Is, honestly, I was never really excited about the movie. The movie I'm more excited about is The Losers. Hmm. Tell me about it. That uh, looks good. Yeah, The Losers uh, was a comic book um, uh, by Robert Nayer, I think. Oh, this is what we need, Illustrator X, and he's at the strip club. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the point was that, as far as I can tell, I've never read the, um, the comic book itself. The, Andy Diggle. Andy Diggle wrote the original. Okay. Um, but they were, they were a group. Um, and they they had bad luck. They were they were a group of people that had bad luck, and it was a very political series. Um, it was in the seventies. Um, you know, it focused on the Vietnam War and things like that. And so th that movie is being made. Um, I'm not sure when it releases. Uh, let's see here. April twenty third. Right. So it's coming up pretty quick here next week, right? And I'm excited about that because I think that that's a uh, – it's probably going to be a much better movie and reach the audience it's intending to. Mm-hmm. So. It looks really interesting. Anyway, it's uh, it's 8.30, guys, and you know what that means? Trivia. have a wonderful trivia question for you today and you can win a prize by going to our website and answering the trivia question as it gets posted are we ready to post we are so ready to post okay tonight's trivia question name the science fiction film with a dystopian future starring Drew Stern and Huey Dewey and Louie If you can name that film, you can win the T-shirt folder from SheldonShirts.com and oh. be able to fold your T-shirts just like Sheldon does on the Big Bang Theory. Baby. <laughs> Again, oh, that's, that's geek-tastic. The ultimate in laundry appliance. Absolutely. <laughs> Once again, name the science fiction film with a dystopian future starring Bruce Dern. And Huey, Dewey, and Louie. 
And as soon as we get a winner for that, we will announce your name over the air because you're incredibly cool. Thank you for something nobody else did. We'll even call you Sugar Pants if you want us to. Oh, Lord, do we have to? (laughs) (laughs) So, Jess. Yes. We have you for a guest tonight. (laughs) Yay! Because I'm a clique. (laughs) <laughs> and we love you for it. Yay! I feel like breaking into song. You go yes, tell us now. what you're working on. Um, uh, let's see, I've got a lot of irons in the fire right now. Um, I just finished up a series of short stories for Mindstorm Labs um, that are going to be releasing, I think, next month, called The Adventures of Little y- Yoshida. He sent me the um, the cover art uh, write up or draw up. I don't know what you call that sketch. The cover art, sure. Mock up, mock up. That's mock up. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just gorgeous. The, the Mindstorm Labs is a, a really interesting role playing game company. Um, they have very very high production values. Their their game system Alpha Omega came out uh two years ago i want to say and the the books are stunning so i just can't wait to see what they do with art and and layout for these stories i think they're going to be really really pretty um but probably what i'm most excited about right now uh is i've got a project going on my website called the shattered glass project and looking at it right now it it's an experiment in patronage modeled fiction, um, which is something I'm very interested in. I, I love the Middle Ages, and one of the things I'm fascinated about was the idea that back you know, in uh, earlier periods of European history, noble families and um, aristocrats and, and politicos would, um, they would sponsor an artist, uh, whether that be a sculptor or a painter or a musician, um, and they would actually take them into their home and the, the, the artisan would um, stay there while they you know, worked on their project. And while that's not really feasible for most of us in uh, in modern times, um, I do think that people really would like to create a connection with the people that are creating works that they enjoy. Um, I mean, how, how cool would it be if you could have Neil Gaiman come to your house and, you know, you could cook him dinner and, and tell him how much you liked his, his latest project or something like that. Um, it, there's, in traditional publishing things, are very, very impersonal, and you you go in and you buy a book, and it's the same book that, you know, 10,000 or 20,000 or 100,000 other people may have on their bookshelves. Um, So I'm experimenting with this, um, with a short story called Shattered Glass, and it's being custom-written for the patrons who decide to be part of the project with me. And um, I, I started out with three different levels of patronage to give a chance to open that up because, like I said, we can't all afford to have somebody come and live in their house. And my husband would probably get pretty grumpy if I went and actually you know, <laughs> moved out and, and, and worked in somebody else's um, basement somewhere. But I did want to make certain that patrons could be involved in it at 
at any level that they wanted to be involved in. And so there's a virtual patronage that basically is just for those who who want uh, like to be a part of the project, but um, on, a, on a very light level, and they'll end up getting out PDF of the short story when it's done, um, as well as being involved in the project as it's being created. And there's several different things that are going on as it's being um, put together. And then there's an artisan uh, level of patronage. Um, and artisans will receive a physical representation of this story. And we're experimenting with some different ideas right now. Um, what my husband is actually um, teaching himself bookbinding, and I'm working on paper making. And we're actually we want the the physical copies to be something very, very special and be their own little piece of art. So it's, oh my! So you won't actually it won't be we're we're not going to go to Lulu and do print on demand um, to you know so that you get something that looks just like what you'd get on the shelves of Borders or, or Barnes & Noble. We really want something that's that's a, a little work of art in and of itself on the F feature as well as the, the, the story itself. And then we did have a third level of patronage, which was a personae patronage. Um, we had to close those after uh, 24 hours. The, the personae patronage actually allows the patron to be a character in the story. So you got that many people, Jess? We, we got enough people after 24 hours that I, that I had to shut it down because I oh. wanted to make certain that I couldn't, uh, that I could give each character a little chance to shine. And with, with the project not being a full novel, it'll probably end up being closer to a novella than a short story just by by virtue of how much I want to build into it um, but we, we promised that it would be at least a 10,000 word project and at the point where we had to had to close it down I just felt like I had had if I took any more personae patronages for shattered glass for this individual story I, I wouldn't be able to do justice to the patrons and that's really that's very important to me more important than you know raking in a bunch of these top level patronages I really want it to the, the people that are supporting this project to really understand that they're they're very much a part of of the process and a part of the the creation of this and something else that we're doing with this is that the the patrons for a year from the start of the project, we're accepting patronages between March 21st, which is the first day of spring, and June 20th, which is the last day of spring this year. Um, and we're for a, a year from the first day of the project, so a year from until March 21st of next year, the patrons are the only people that will have access to this story in any full form. I may I may um, use little excerpts on my website or that sort of thing, um, but the, the full story itself will be something that I'm sharing solely with those patrons who have been instrumental in the creation of the story. So it's a very, you know, kind of tight-knit uh, interaction and I, I'm really excited about how the response has been so far and seeing where it where it goes we're only a, a month into the patronage uh, process so far so I just don't have any idea where it's going to be by the end of June 
How has the response been to this point? Uh, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I've been very, very excited. I've, t I've been talking with some writing websites and um, some uh, folks who are interested in different different um, publishing models um, for people who are doing short story work or, or you know, doing producing their own fiction. And that response has been and the response from the patrons about being a part of this project, the story is still currently being written because I needed to, I need, I'm still waiting to get some of the um, questionnaires back from the Persona patronages. Um, I sent out like a four or five page questionnaire asking them details about how they wanted their character to be represented. And once I get those all back, then I'll be able to start weaving them in with the story idea that I have and making it a very personal thing. But so far the responses have been very, very positive. Um, everyone's been kind of intrigued to see how it how it turns out, not only the story itself, but also just the the experiment, the the you know the I know of people who are doing um, direct uh, you know reader and writer, focused um, projects, but no one who's doing something exactly like this. So I'm very excited to see how it turns out. Without getting into too much detail, because I know this is going to be, this is almost a closed society project now at this point. <laughs> it's, it kind of is, but at the same time, it's a, it's a closed society that has room to to welcome in other people who want to be involved in it you know i mean it's it's not like i i need you know like i've said okay i'll, I'll only have 25 people i'm i'm willing to open up the borders there and, and let other people be involved in it um but it is you know kind of yeah it's kind of a little community and i think that's yeah really i think that's really really an interesting you're the second writer that we've spoken to who's done something like this. Huh? Although neither of you had the same model at all. Mm -hmm. You both ended up moving in the same direction. We were going to have Robin Sloan on uh, a couple of weeks ago. And Robin, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> didn't get to his computer in time to make the interview. Oh, uh, no. But Robin had worked with a uh, website called Kickstarter. And, oh, yeah. And had a project on it yeah. called Robin Writes a Book, and you get it. <laughs> That's, I, Kickstarter's very interesting. I know some people are using it for gaming projects. Um, you know, they have a game idea that they want to create, and in order to get it published and get it out there, they need the, the you know, the financial hackers. And I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, well, we actually, um, Kriana and I were both patrons of uh, Robin's book. Oh, and, sweet. Uh, so we both adored book, it. We're in the back of it in the acknowledgments. Yeah, That's we're actually, sweet. yeah, it was kind of cool. And I just kind of went, ah, there I am. Hello. <laughs> it literally I think it says Kriana and the Dome. Yes, nice. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that that's a, it's a really, uh, um, really valid model, the the kind of, um, you know, I need this much in order to get the project going. And so if you'll come in and support me on this, then you'll get some really cool benefits. Uh, you know, in this case, not only probably a copy of the book, but also the acknowledgement. Because I think that people 
really have the, a strong need to be a part of something special. So much of what we do nowadays is homogenized, you know, uh, over the counter, it, cookie cutter kind of stuff. And, and so few of us really have the opportunity to be involved in something that is unique and special to us. And uh, some of my favorite musicians. Yeah, but, but not only special to you, but you, when, when I said you created this almost closed society, what I really meant by that was you've opened up your process to all these people. Yeah. I know how difficult that is. Yeah, exactly. I know how, how very hard <laughs> it is because, uh, you know, as, as a struggling writer as I've been for years, it's, you know, so how's it going? Can I read it? Yeah, what, what, yeah, you shut up, leave me alone. I need to write and I write alone. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's a very Da Vinci-esque way to do this and a really admirable way to bring everyone, the writer into the process, the reader into the process more than he would ever be otherwise. Well, well, you know, I, it's a very it's a very simple model, and at risk of bringing another blog in here that is unaffiliated with Sci-Fi Saturday Night, the blog Tector has known this forever, and ever since you know, Kaza and whatever file sharing programs came out, they've been saying that you know the industries need to evolve. It's not that they can't make money anymore; it's that they can't make money the same way anymore. That's right. And they they have this theory, well, not a theory, it's a strategy called connect with fans plus reason to buy. And yes. I think you nailed it, sweetheart, because not only are you making the fans part of your process, which is totally connecting with them, you're giving them the opportunity to be part of your story, and then you're saying, well, you know, if you just want to throw a token at me to show, show me your support, you can do that. Yes. Here's a PDF. But if you want something special, something tangible, well, that's another level. And there's a reason to buy that because it's going to be unique. It's going to be a memento. And let me tell you, um, I imagine, uh, first of all, I imagine that your artisan level is extremely popular. Way <laughs> it's more been so, pretty popular. Way more so than, than the bottom level tier, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think that unless they really couldn't afford it, that those people who chose the bottom level tier are going to be a little disappointed that they didn't get the tangible book when everyone else starts getting theirs. I, I hope so. I hope so. And I'm hoping that maybe I, it, this started out as just a, what would happen if we did this kind of thing? Um, actually the, the, the motivating factor on actually getting me to do this because it's something I've been thinking about doing for quite some time. And the motivating factor was my laptop bricked on me last month in the middle of a big freelance project. In fact, it was the little Yoshida project that I was just telling you about earlier. Um, and being a freelancer, funds are very, very tight. And I just, I, I was like, okay, how can I, how can I, you know, find a way to do this in a way that's positive for everybody. And it's turned into so much more than that. Now I'm starting, I think in the way of all good experiments, now I'm starting to go, okay, well, this is, this is working out great and this is wonderful and people are very enthusiastic about it. What's next? What can I do beyond this? And so I've, I've got a bunch of ideas kind of popping around and I, I'm hoping that 
that um, the, the folks who are, are going to receive the artisan copies, the, the actual piece of art that will contain the story, um, not only will have something that, um, you know, that they'll treasure, that they can show their friends and say, look, look at this cool book that, you know, that I was a part of the project on. Um, but I'm kind of hoping maybe there might be a second part to the, to the project, which is why there's the Shattered Glass project and then there's the story Shattered Glass. Maybe eventually there'll be a, another story in the same world. I'm a big fan of Charles Lindt and his urban fantasy. And the things that are best about his stories is there's so many, so many tales being told from so many different perspectives. And to maybe incorporate that kind of a model into the Shattered Glass project, if if the patron are just you know if the patrons want that, if that's something that you know that they are that they are supportive of, so we'll I, see I what happens. Have a suggestion for you that actually Robin did, and I thought it was a brilliant idea. Um, I I don't know how much money was your goal, but on Kickstarter you have to have a goal, and Robin right. was funded well above his goal due mm -hmm. to a lot of great publicity. And what he did was he set aside some of those funds as for a remix project. So Ooh. this is a fantastic way of connecting with fans. It's asking your fans, saying, hi, take my work, please, and do something with it. Do something cool. And he accepted proposals for how people would remix his book, and whether they were going to do it or if they nominated, you know, a famous person to do it or mm -hmm. one of their buddies, and then an estimate of how much it would cost to do that. And I, I believe he gave out grants to three, three of the projects that he decided on when we all got I to vote. So. As patrons, we all got to vote um, as to which projects got funded, which ones we would like to see. So that was a really cool way of connecting with fans, I think. That's really neat. That's really, really neat. And it would be wonderful to be able to do things. Um, get a hold of S.J. Uh, Tucker, who Suj, who's one of my favorite uh, musicians, and she has created a lot of really, really neat music. Um, some of it to accompany different novels and things like that. And I would love to be able to bring her in and say, okay, what I would love now and what my fans would love is an album that that. Yeah, compliment shattered glass and that's sure, based guess, on that you know, work absolutely yeah. that sounds yeah. fantastic and then you know their fans can come back in and be like wow where did this album come from i really want that book you know mm -hmm. what, Although, what you what you've done jess is you you've created your own artisan community mm -hmm. and I, yeah i think it's really it's neat thing to be a part of it's, it's it's cool that somebody had the the foresight to reinvent something that's three hundred years old. And seriously, get to know your fans because you never you never know who they are. You just never know. One of your fans could be an amazing clothing designer or something and then decide to base a line off of your story or <laughs> you know you just never know Pe you just never know are people are wonderful or jewelry maker things. oh and so if you throw something out there and say how can you guys be creative with this um you're going to get an overwhelming response i personally guarantee it 
Absolutely, because I've just spent the last 15 minutes updating my PayPal account so I can uh, do the artisan patron. <laughs> I think, I mean, honestly, I think that it's one of the most awesome things that I've heard about in the past, you know, three or four years. I, I am the most excited when I can go to a musician's website and, and send them money and, you know, get an awesome remix. Um, there's a guy named Daniel Zott who did an album that I absolutely love. And I just got an email from him a couple weeks ago that said, "Hey, uh, you bought album uh, a few weeks ago. I wanted you to have, you know, this other album that I did. It's an EP. Um, I, I just want to give it to you for free because it's kind of weird, and it's all remixes of popular rap titles. And you know, it's just a wow. fun little thing. They gave it out for free to those people who had, you know, who had bought his album because he wanted. He's he loved. He loves that his fans support him, and he." to you know think back and this project is freaking amazing and i mean and i would i would also say go on kickstarter listeners out there in listener land go on kickstarter and just browse around for a while because you never know what you're gonna find i personally my my second favorite project after robin's was um a glass bead studio in texas <laughs> they said, Send us, they had all sorts of different tiers, you could get all sorts of different stuff, but I thought this was insane. $25, six months worth of beads, so one bead a month for six months, and then they will make you a focal piece of your choice in a color of your choice. Nice. So I've been getting three months worth of beads now, and let me tell you that for $25, this is insane. You, you would easily pay that for one handcrafted. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, really. Exactly. And they're beautiful. So, you know, it, it really, it warms my heart that I got to, you know, participate in helping them buy the equipment to let them open their studio. Because they're fantastically talented. Yeah. I've got a, a friend named David A. Hill Jr. And he is a freelance writer that I've worked with on several projects for White Wolfie. He's a very, very talented writer, and he wanted to do his own RPG. And so using Kickstarter, um, he's got a project called Machine Zeit, which is M-A-S-C-H-I-N-E space capital Z-E-I-T. And um, he's, he's raising money to produce this science fiction RPG that's an homage to the genre of Alien. And um, I, just, I think that's a really, really neat project. It, it wasn't the, the format that I wanted to use for Shattered Glass, but I think it's a really cool way to, um, for, for, read, for creators and, and their audiences, creators and consumers, if you will, to, to really build that kind of a relationship. And, and you should definitely go check out David's work too. And again, it brings it back to the grassroots level. This doesn't, Waiting for somebody to make you a billionaire, this is really getting from the ground up of somebody who has talent and creativity and imagination and getting it now before it gets mussed up by the corporate stuff. Yeah, I've got a I've got a friend here in Bisbee. I live in a very small town in rural Arizona. Um, Bisbee, it's a great place to come visit. Um, but I've got a friend who who runs a coffee roaster uh, in. 
Bisbee, and which is not exactly what you'd expect to find out in the middle of the desert. But his um, his philosophy, his his brand, if you will, is I want to be your own personal coffee roaster. I want to learn everything about coffee and get all of these because he has a small business. Um, he can go and get these little little farm a family farm coffees that maybe only make 20, you know, 20 bags of coffee a year and he can bring them in and cup them and learn about them and then provide them to consumers much in the way that you might, you know, get a very limited edition from a tiny little niche winery or something like that. And he and I were talking about the fact that, that that personal grassroots, you know, kind of um, connection is something that, you know, consumers are really, really looking for right now because we all feel so often we all feel like we're just numbers. We're just barcodes, you know, yes. we're, we're, we're tracked and we're, you know, we're so much of what we consume is just, you know, it's just cookie cutter generic um, things and, and people want to be a part of something special and I, I'm, I'm glad that people are feeling like shattered glass is a way that they can do that well I know I'm going to need to move some money around <laughs> absolutely I, th I think that that's great Jess. it really is and uh, I'm, I'm happy that you're giving that opportunity to your fans and, and um, people who love literature because that's just awesome you know, and I'm always more happy to support artists or writers who who like to embrace these models, embrace these fans, versus the ones who treat their fans like criminals or, mm. or you know. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that um, that we talked about when we were first talking. My my husband, the Viking, who's my my tech god, um, <laughs> he. Uh, we're talking about uh, the PDF and and about you know my personal promise to people is that you know the the patrons are the only people that are going to have access to this story in in toto uh, for the first year from the start date of the product and we were talking about how you know how or whether we should try to control those PDFs and you know eventually we just came to the view that the people that are going to download them illegally, you know, who are going to steal them from other sources, there's, there's no way to stop that. And hopefully the shattered glass will fall into their hands and be a positive thing for them. And, you know, they'll, they'll use the money that they saved by not buying my PDF or not investing in this project to invest in something cool later down the line. You know, you just, I think you can't hold too tightly to, to trying to control your your stuff and 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 like you said, treat your readers like criminals. I'm I'm not going to lock this down in incredibly um, you know painful ways and and inconvenience the people who are are coming in and and supporting this project at the to just to avoid the the risk of it going out of my hands. And I I just don't think it can. Jess, I think you have an amazing attitude about that. And let me let me just also say, not that I'm pro-piracy. <laughs> uh, not that I'm pro-piracy. <laughs> just in case the FBI is listening into the show. No, wow. Uh, but, but you never know. Okay, so you're trying to lock this story down for a year. But say somebody, in fact, does download downloads your PDF. 
not not even knowing that let's say let's say they're super innocent and they don't even know that you're trying to lock it down for a year they read it they go to your website now they can't give you money for this because registrations will be shut down but say at that point you have a new project up if they like your story they're more than likely to give you money at that point exactly exactly and I think I mean I, I don't know I have a, a really positive view of I like to believe that there's more good out there than there is negativity and that, you know, people do things for the reason they do things and they're doing the best they can in the situation as they see it. So while I'm, you know, as a writer, I'm anti-piracy because I know that, you know, that even if it's a project that I'm not getting, like if it's a freelance project for a game company or something that's right for hire and I'm not getting paid per copy or that sort of thing. But if, uh, if a company expects that they're going to sell 5,000 copies of something and affect those needs are met due to piracy and so no income is coming into the company, they're not going to be able to support hiring someone to do that project next time. Well, I mean, it's, well, it's the, just, it's very real. Here's the thing, though, is that if, if they had a reason for people to buy it other than legality reasons, and I think you do with your handmade paper and yeah. hand bookbinding, <laughs> maybe they would have sold those copies. It's, it's a business model thing, yeah. and some people are adapting better than others, and I think you're yes. doing a fantastic job, my dear. But Thank just you. It's, so, it's so much more than that, too. Because when somebody gets a PDF copy of your book, if they're in, entranced by it, I can't tell you how many times I've read a portion of a PDF and gone, you know what? I want to own this. Yeah, exactly. And after that one year is up, after that lockdown time is up, there are going to be traditional publishers going, uh, excuse me, ma'am. Can we talk to you about this project? Because <laughs> if they don't, they're schmucks. It's that simple. I guess we'll just have to see how it works out. I'm really, I'm really excited about the about the discovery process on this. I, I think, I think you have just started down a wonderful yellow brick road. Quite honestly, <laughs> I really do. Proud of you, like awesome. Awesome. Yes, you've certainly won all of us over. Certainly. I love and, you all. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see how this plays out because it's going to be nothing but positive for you, for the project, for all the patrons, and for publishing in general, quite, fr quite frankly. You know, Very if cool. more people thought the way you did, we would have a lot less lawsuits. I agree. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. Care. Well, maybe you'll kind of report back in on how everything's worked out. That would be I, wonderful. Please. I, I intend on that. Yes, that is totally our intention. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be fantastic. Oh, and to let people know where they can go, it's www.jesshartley.com. Got to get the little commercial plug in there so people know what I'm talking about. And there's more details about what the story is and what the project is on the front page of my website so they can they can check out more information and we will post that link on our website with this podcast so that if people come to our website and go what was she talking about oh there's the <laughs> link click and there thank you, you. that's very because, sweet of you guys no this is this is this is what's important about the new era that we're walking into and instead of 
yelling and kicking and screaming that we can't do things the way they've been done for the past hundred years. You're looking at it with a very visionary attitude, that's and that's right. important. That's Yay. right. So we want to support you in any way possible. Totally. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Thank you. You guys are awesome. And speaking of awesome, hey, you know what awesome time it is? It's the end of the show. It's time. And as much as this hour has gone by so very, very quickly, Jess, as always, it is a pleasure to have you on. If we could have you on every week, it would be wonderful. <laughs> In lieu of that, we will take you whenever we can get our hands on yeah, you. Yeah, seriously, if, if you want to be on the show on any given week, just shoot me a message on Skype. You're on. Okay, it's, awesome. Thank you, guys. You guys are wonderful. Simple. Hey, did As, we end up with a winner on the trivia question? You know, I, I honestly haven't looked. I have been so engrossed in what's going on, I have not looked. Look now. I'm looking now. Uh, yes, we do. Hood 1707. Silent running. I really like the part where Bruce Dern was playing poker with the robots. Yes! <laughs> yes, you are the winner of the Sheldon shirt folder. Congratulations. Woo-hoo! Hood 1707, you'll be getting an email very shortly. Kriana will be sending my, your email to me so that we get it off to you. Actually, we, we don't even need to send him an email. He's our very special fan. Ah, cool. Even better. Nice. <laughs> you know Gotta who love you are. Special- <laughs> Actually, he might have left to go watch Doctor Who. Let's see. <laughs> yes, he, he left to go watch Doctor Who. So, ah, uh, well. All right, a few things we want to mention before we leave. Coming up in the next week, uh, next week, April 24th, DJ Sucklord and the Suckadelics. I swear to God, they're an actual group. <laughs> yes, they are. Oh, I didn't even get to ask. Uh, May 1st, Hunter Lagore from uh, a, a new uh, book that's being published in memory of Mary Shelley and Mike Hinman to play Truth or Bullshit. On our Robert Heinlein special with our very, very special guest, Spider Robinson. More details to uh, follow on the blog. Absolutely, more details to follow hopefully this weekend on the blog. Uh, on May 15th, Ed and Adrian Ludvigson, uh, creators of uh, the web phenomenon WhatHappenedToSarah.com. May 22nd, Michael Doherty. Producer director of Brown Coats Redemption joining us before May 23rd, Granite Comic Con, where he will be the special guest. And on May 29th, our Fritz Lieber special. And who will be joining us with that dead redhead? None other than Mr. Harlan Ellison. They will all be. Once again, we'll be girding our loins for that our one. Our loins will be well girded for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll take... have our uh, special interview with Chris Golden up soon. Yes, that should be up sometime this week, our special interview with Chris Golden. Uh, I want to mention that Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the sponsored by Comic Art House. Talk to Bob and Kim. They've got the best stuff around. Check out the website, comicarthouse.com. The link is on our website. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is also the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con. I can't thank you guys enough 
for all the adverse this past weekend. We had a great time. Uh, yeah. We had an awesome time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So anyhow, thanks for listening to tonight's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. From the Canast to Nook in the Skylight Room of the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Area 51. From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire. Dead Redhead, thank you for being with us tonight. We know it was a technological push, but you did great. That's all right. Let's just hope the Illustrator X remembers his way home from the strip club. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope he remembers to come home alone. (laughs) That's true. From the Alston Brighton Hellmouth in Boston, Kriana, thanks for all you do. Yo. And from Indiana Java, thank you. Have a wonderful night. I will. Jess, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks. This is Dom saying, Gene, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Good night, everyone. All right. I got it.